You're about to listen to another episode of What the Hell Just Happened. Join Paul Edwards and his guests as they discuss and sometimes even solve some interesting HR problems. And I'm going to go off the rails sometimes and talk about whatever I want. Hey, Paul. Hey, Chris. So I've got a new puzzle for you, and this one's really, really fun. Okay. So... I've been on the phone with members and I've been hearing a lot of the same issue recently. Mm-hmm. And I think this is because we work at Cedar with businesses that are really hands-on. Mm-hmm. And when you're in hands-on industry, you you know, you have to train people, but you can't just plop them down in front of a computer and say, watch this module, now you're trained. You have to actually show them how to hold the instrument or show them what to do with the patient. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a huge time investment. Right. And I think recently managers and owners are just kind of tired of getting burned with dumping all of this effort into mm-hmm. someone who just leaves. They right. get six months into you know, just barely past training and they quit. Yeah. So they're trying to be creative and think of different ways to protect themselves. And you can't really blame them. Nope. Um, but one idea that we've heard is that they want their new hires, if they don't last at least a year, mm-hmm. to pay them back one to two dollars per hour per training hour Mm -hmm. and we haven't heard a ton of that before i'm sure we've heard some variation of this but this idea um my heart sank when i heard it for the first time and i know your heart's probably sinking right now too yeah um but what do you think about that okay so i do have a little bit of advance notice of this because i saw it in one of the tickets in in um in in zendesk with the member calling the member was actually from Medispa, which made me think back on this. So what, adding one more thing about that training that we, you were saying, the hands-on, uh, you know, a lot of times this is about expanding training, expanded training or training, mm-hmm. which requires certification. It yeah. requires some, some significant amount of investment, sometimes even paying for courses and classes. And so there's education requirements. There's all sorts of things that get mixed into this, but mm-hmm. when it comes down to it, the, typically the employer is going to be paying for some time where an employee is getting some training in order to do what it is that they do or expand on their capabilities. Mm-hmm. And where we're seeing it pop up, because it used to come up in dentistry all the time, because, yeah. you know, we've been at this since 2006. Right. And I think that I did a pretty good job through the last 15 years. We, as a company, have kind of cured dentistry of trying to do this if you work with cedar you know that you can't claw this money back mm-hmm. and we'll get into why and why it's really a serious problem right. if you try to do it but we're also we're starting to see it in the medispa industry so we're working a lot and we always have we've had clients for many for over a decade that are medispas but this industry is that industry is really growing and we're picking up a lot more of them. We're teaching at their conferences, providing continuing education to that segment of, of medical. Mm-hmm. And this is where we're seeing this up because it feels like a good idea. Yeah. It's like it's a like, consultant totally gets up reasonable. in front of the room and says, people, I got a way for you to hold on to your folks right. when you invest a bunch of time and money and training in mm-hmm. them. And here's my idea. We're going to tell them if they don't last for a year, they got to pay us back a certain amount per hour for the wages that we've paid them for training. Mm-hmm. And that should hold them in their place. Right. Yeah. And the problem is? Well, the problem is, is that it's a wage and hour violation. Yeah. I think the simplest way to put this, and we'll talk about this a little bit more here, because I, I kind of want to unroll this for everybody, unpack it for everyone, so you get a real idea about 
how risky it can be. But the, the, the main thing is, is that you are required as an employer to pay for training, and that's it. Mm-hmm. The Federal Labor Standards Act, the FLSA, requires you to pay for this time. Mm-hmm. So you can't get an employee to give you back the money. You shouldn't threaten them to give you that they have to give you back some money on something that you're already obligated to pay for. Yeah. It's as if you're trying to change your own obligation underneath the law. Right. And, and, and I also have some serious issues with it with you are changing their rates of pay. Mm-hmm. So we all think, I think everybody get, knows if they don't know it, they know it at their heart. You can't come up at the end of the day or at the end of the week when you're going to pay someone and say, you know, we, we agreed to $12 per hour, but based on your performance, how it went this week, we weren't that busy, I've decided to pay you 10 Right. I mean, we can't do that for a variety of reasons. It violates a bunch of state laws. Mm-hmm. Um, it also violates the... Uh, uh, overtime rules right. i mean there's just a, there's there would be a lot there that if it's i were to go like down a that domino effect of, yeah. of messing yeah. with people's wages on the back end yeah so yeah. at the very front end of it as hr professionals we know you can't do this mm-hmm. because it it's it's a um it's a violation of wage and hour rules right yeah right and there's a bunch of different ways you can slice it yeah well i think that probably the those who are floating this idea they they didn't I, I would love to say they're the most creative people ever and came up with it themselves, but they probably pulled it from somewhere. And in some world, this is fine somewhere. It, and it is. It is fine. But um, not in this context. But not in this context, yeah. right. So it's kind of like you can't necessarily point to the, well, the hospital down the street does this with their doctors who are required to da-da-da-da. Um, it's taking something from a different context where it might be completely fine yep. and applying it to a totally different context, probably unknowingly, where it creates all these different issues. And it's just the nature of um, the position, you know, mm-hmm. and the nature of also the type of training. Um, so yeah, and, and they're missing out on, um, they've missed the other components of it. They've heard yeah. about it. They've seen it written about yeah. But they've not learned about the entire component of even when it's being applied to, say, a doctor at, at, who's come to do a fellowship or to work in an right. emergency room and has committed to be there for six months, a year, or even or even longer. Right. There are other components to it, and they are more incentives mm-hmm. than they are takeaways. Right. And does it matter? I mean, I can just hear people out there like steam coming out of their ears, like, oh no, this can't be, this can't be right. I can't be. So what if you get somebody to sign a contract saying that this is fine up front? Okay. Like, hey, so, I agreed to this. Yeah. So what if they, uh, what if they agreed to it? Well, you can't, an employee can't agree away their rights. I mean, if they could, then wouldn't we get all of our employees to agree to no overtime? Right. And when we get them to agree that they're they can't file a sexual harassment case against us, right. even if sexual harassment occurs, even if overtime occurs. Yeah. Wouldn't we just put agreements in place for people to give up their rights? And the answer to that is, is you cannot as an employer. It doesn't matter right. what they agree to. And in fact, when you create that agreement, I just want everybody to consider this. If you create a policy or an agreement like this with an employee, which I would presume that you would think that would be the right thing to do, because how else are you going to enforce mm-hmm. getting the money back from them if right. they leave within the year? You're actually creating um, evidence. That's called evidence. <laughs> so evidence is good when it works in your favor. Evidence is bad when it's proof of you violating federal wage and hour laws. Right. So you don't want that kind of evidence in place. Definitely. And yeah. I love, yeah, you can't, I always say to our members, you can't paperwork or 
contract your way out of the laws out of, that out apply. Of the law and yeah. your obligation as an employer. Yeah. yeah. And from working with folks, you know, and, and seeing both sides of the coin here, there's definitely somebody out there, well, I'm not going to actually enforce it. I just kind of want to sign it to deter them from right. leaving. What about the deterrent? And I, I get the deterrent factor because mm -hmm. there's a lot of things we do as employers. Um, and sometimes even in policy writing where it's, well, we're not going to chase that ball all the way into the end zone, but, but we want it to be there. We just want the so option. That, yeah, to we be want able. that option. So yeah. what about that? It's kind of what you just said, right? It's like as soon as you put that in writing, even if you don't plan to enforce it, it looks like it looks that way. And in some yeah. states, it's against the law. So you're actually committing you're committing you could be committing a misdemeanor. Or in in, in other states where there's there's uh, wage theft rules, this could be a felony yeah. if you were to actually do it. So now you have a document that you both sign that says I'm going to commit a felony against you when it comes to with withholding wages from you when you leave here. I'm not yeah. going to follow the law. Um, and, and, and pay you properly. So it's as a threat, it's just as bad. Mm -hmm. And you also don't want anything in, in place with employees that show that you are, don't understand a, a specific area mm -hmm. a, or let's say a, a specific subsection of a general area where you have to comply with, which is around wage and hour. Right. So if you're messing up in some other way, they will, there's a, an attorney Mm -hmm. or an investigator will use this lack of knowledge in this other area against you every way that they possibly can. They will. They will. And it's it's tricky because it's like generally how they view these things is it's not the employee's job to know the rules. It's the employee. When you're in the shoes of an employer, yep. it's the employer's job right. to know. So it would always be interpreted against the employer. Always. Always. And always. so even if the employee signed, they're going to be able to say, well, I didn't know. And, no. and always, always and the individual right. wins. They're, they're actually right. Yeah. Um, so what, what can people do? I mean, I want to be like an employer advocate here and that's what we do at yep. Cedar. Um, there's got to be some other way that they can protect themselves that isn't so dangerous. Well, I want to cover two things, too. Two other additional things before I move to the incentive that we mentioned before. I want to cover that when you do this sort of thing, you're, you're killing a couple of things. You're, you're, first of all, you're, you're, it's a direct assault on at-will employment. This is the company store model. Mm -hmm. This is what happened in the 1800s and the 1900s, which actually brought about at-will employment, which was that you would become indentured to the company because you lived in the company town. Right. You used the you rented from the company, and it was like, well, you know, you're always behind on what you and your family need in accordance with your pay, and you can really never leave this company. If mm -hmm. you do, you have to pay us back all this money. The other one is is that um, um, I, I think one of the most powerful tools done properly, written properly, are your concern reporting tools. Mm -hmm. They help mitigate damages. And we talk about this all the time in our podcast. How does it mitigate damage? Well, if I don't know that there's a problem, how could I solve it? So if we let an employee go and they make up a new issue after we've let them go and they say, I wasn't being treated properly, I was being sexually harassed or, or whatever that looks like, we always go back to, why didn't you tell us? Why didn't you let us know? Had you let us know, we would have corrected it. Even if you made a mistake and you have to pay or you have to correct it in some way, the fact that you didn't know or weren't informed and they were obligated to inform you is a big deal. Mm -hmm. And it can really make the damages a lot less. Um, and so I couldn't inform you, Grace, you're the owner, so I'm talking to you as the owner. 
um, I quit. I filed a lawsuit against you for being sexually harassed in your satellite office. There was an associate there. That doctor was definitely sexually harassing me and everybody else in that office. And the reason why I didn't report it and I put up with it for a year before I finally quit was because if I didn't, if I did report it to you, you were going to claw back several hundred, if not mm-hmm. thousands of dollars from me. And I wasn't going to be able to pay my afford. bills. Yeah. And Great. so I yeah. didn't tell you and I lived with it for a year and now I'm back and yeah. I want to make you pay for that, that year. So just compelling. I just wanted to drop that because that's real. Yeah, it is. That's that's a that's a wonderful. um, It's a terrible argument for one of our members. to be. It is. But you can see, I mean, even as a person listening out there, a jury would eat that up with a spoon. I mean, it's such a believable. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's actually it's actually a real thing. So you don't want to put things that 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 would mess with your at will employment. You don't want to put things that would mess with your concern reporting. And you don't want to write an agreement or create something circumstance where you're actually violating wage and hour law. And you're and you're documenting that through some kind of an agreement with the employee. Now, you asked me, what can we do? Um, Incentivize. Yeah. If you stay with me, and that's what's happening with those doctors. They're called golden handcuffs. And we haven't used that word yet. Yeah, no. we've been talking around it. So no. all this whole model of the clawback. It's a golden handcuff. It's called the golden handcuffs. And they're not always illegal in every context. No, if, no. if you have that situation where you're not already required to pay, you could use this. Exactly. In, in very, very limited contexts. But um, normally we try to talk people out of golden handcuffs. Yeah. On the front end for that exact reason is that it's such a narrow set it's, of circumstances. It's such a narrow set of circumstances, but the premise or the or the concept I, I love. So a, an aversion mm-hmm. of a, a version of a golden handcuff, let's just talk in broader sense. Yeah. You're a, a, a doctor and there's a rural area and they say, if you will come here out of med school or out of, you know, whatever, if you will come here and you will stay here and be in service to us for three years – we will pay off all of your student debt. Mm-hmm. At the end of that three years, you can leave and go do whatever you want to. Mm-hmm. But if you leave before that, that considerable uh, student debt is not going to be on us. It's going to be on you. Mm-hmm. And by the way, there's all kinds of components in there where the the uh, uh, where the the agreement between the employee and the business is all copacetic. It's right. all kosher. It's all it's all it's okay been negotiated. It's been ironed out. And yeah. it's the totally different set of circumstances because in that case you weren't already required to pay off their you student were not. loans and that's how it's kind of distinguished and that phrase golden handcuffs mm-hmm. in that context means something totally different than if you pull it over into the tra- on the job training yep. context yep. yeah so there's many ways that we could incentivize and we could even do that with it we, we can do it with employees mm-hmm. so i'll give an example um we have a um we have let the the example is we have a, a dental practice. This is dental practice, but it could be a many spa. It could, but it's in a state where in order for one of the employees to be able to kind of step up to the next level, they've got to get a state certification. So maybe it's an in, to be able to do injections in mm-hmm. that state mm-hmm. or. Um, it, it, yeah, whatever that might look like. Yeah. They have to go and they have to take this course. There's a cost of the course. They have to take the course and they have to do it maybe outside of work or maybe they do it inside of work. Anyway, what we can say is is that once you complete that and you stay here mm-hmm. for a certain amount of time, three months, six months, a year, 
we will reimburse you this amount as a reward for staying with us. Delayed reimbursement. It is That's a, always the most beautiful swap out it, for the it, golden handcuffs. It is yeah. the, the most beautiful swap out. And it has to be, if we were getting the weeds enough, it's got to be substantial enough that uh, uh, the employee can't, um, well, it's got to be substantial enough that it would incentivize them to stay. Mm-hmm. You know, right? Um, could not they that still you would get your fifty bucks later? But, no, no, right, right. No. But we're not clawing back anything. Mm-hmm, we're mm-hmm. we're saying if you stay and you perform and you do well, mm-hmm. then the following things would happen. Now, look, if you do that, again, what we see, the mistake we see made with this is someone strikes out on their own. These are typically people who believe that they can do their own handbooks, their own agreements. They can go online and get something and, and then take it and make it their own. And what you do is, is you write a separate agreement about this thing that we're for, if it's done right, mm-hmm. and you kill your at-will um, status right. inside your employee <laughs> handbook and all those other things that we were worried about. Right. So if you do, uh, if you have a program like this, again, you need to consult with an HR professional or an attorney who knows what they're doing and make sure that all the little puzzle pieces fit together. Yes, absolutely. Because delayed reimbursement could go wrong, even though it doesn't come with it the same, it, it's the a same different, issues. It's, it's, a, di- <laughs> it's a different set of issues that you can create issues. for yourself if this isn't something yeah. that you don't do for a living. But it's yeah. a little bit easier than the yanking it back once it's already out of your hands. And I guess that's the beauty of delayed reimbursement is the money hasn't left your hands yet. It has So not. you're not asking for it back at, a, at any point, which is um, one of the, the tricky parts about the golden handcuffs yeah um are there other workarounds no i can think of can, can you think, think of one? one okay what is it for the one to two dollars i i want to you know give a nod to it is expensive to train somebody we put yep. a lot of training into our employees here at cedar i know yeah. we we know that firsthand and when too. we lose somebody in the first month it it's hurts devastating. it hurts in the sixth yeah. month it hurts in the in, in a year absolutely yeah. and you can just feel like you're on this hamster wheel yep. i'm always training this person and i'm always just yep. in it. so um you know i think you could if you have that equivalency of the time that i'm investing you can always do a lower training rate of pay oh and say hey, we are not promising, but if we get through this training period, um, we would be willing to consider that $1 to $2 per hour raise right. or lower training rate of pay. And if we get to this point in our employment, we're at will, so we're not promising that. Mm-hmm. But if we get to the one-year mark, we'd be willing to consider a, a one-time bonus or something like that. Love and it. bonuses aren't as clean and pretty as they, they could be either. Mm-hmm. But um, those are a couple other workarounds that I could think of that – don't carry with it the wage and hour violations. Well, this takes yeah. me back to pay bands too. Mm-hmm. When your entry and you let's say your entry level at some, I don't mean entry level for the job. You enter into a position, and let's just say it starts at nineteen dollars an hour. Mm-hmm. The pay band runs from nineteen to twenty-eight dollars an hour. Well, what do I have to do to get to twenty-eight dollars an hour faster? Yes. Well, time of service is going to get you there in some ways, mm-hmm. but how about certifications right. and length of service and you know all those Meeting. things. Can, success factors. can shoot you up the pay band and i like that incentivized um method too mm-hmm. you know same same principle yeah protecting yeah. yourself protecting yep. your time um but but not sticking your neck out there for can't uh, claw this stuff back right it doesn't the work DOL to find you and yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so really uh fun new 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 context mm-hmm. for an old problem maybe yeah yeah um and you see the logic where it comes from but then we as hr professionals like, really no. yeah A- don't do not. it don't do it but we have we have okay. we always have mm-hmm. almost always we have a better way right. or a different way to go about it truly it's um 
whenever I hear any idea like this from a member, I always try to say, let's get you to your goal a safer way. Yep. And that's really, I think, at the heart of a lot of what we're doing in the Solution Center is we're going to find a less risky way yep. to get you to your business goal. Yeah. Um, so thanks for chatting through that. What a nice way to put that, Grace. Thanks for uh, bringing me another curveball. That oh, yeah. was a that was a that was a good one. This is a good one. Thanks, Grace. All right, have a good one. You too. Thanks for joining us for this week's episode of What the Hell Just Happened. Do Paul a favor and share this with your network. If you have an HR issue or a question you'd like us to discuss on the show, send it to podcast at wthjusthappened.com. For more HR advice and insights from Paul and his team of experts, you can also join the private Facebook group, HR Basecamp, or visit hrbasecamp.com. Make sure you tune in next week, and remember, better workplaces make better lives.